Welcome to the podcast. I'm Isaac Carroll, and this is What Do I Know? I'd like to start this podcast by telling you about something that happened to me a while back. I'm a part of a group called Compassion Peaks, and we dedicate the last Saturday of every month to feeding the homeless. This one particular Saturday morning, we were at the church handing out food, and a young man walked into a building where we were serving, and he asked if we had any shoes. Someone told him that they didn't think we did, but we would be happy to go and get him whatever he needed. So one of the ladies brought him over to me to see if I'd be willing to take him to go get a pair of shoes, which I was more than happy to do. It would give me a chance to do something besides get in the way. So I had him load up and we headed out to Walmart. It was the closest store I knew that we could buy some shoes from. On our way there, I asked him how he was doing, if there was anything we could help him with. He said, no, he was good. He just needed a certain kind of shoes to start this new job. And he really wanted this new job because he wanted an opportunity to change the situation. I asked him how long he'd been homeless. He said for a couple of years. I told him that I'd once also been homeless and uh, how I thank God every day. And I got an opportunity to change my life. I told him the story how I went to having nothing but the clothes on my back and three hungry mouths to feed. I have a very blessed life. And it could happen to him too. That's why it was so important for me to, that we would go out and prepare food for people who were in need. Because anyone could find themselves in that situation. You know, life was hard and sometimes all someone needed was a hot meal. Friendly smile and an encouraging word to show the love of Jesus to those who are in need. He asked me if I went to church where we were feeding. I told him no, me and the group I was with, we were from a different church. But we all followed Jesus. I asked him if he ever been to church. He said no. I asked him if he heard of Jesus Christ. He said he didn't know who that was. I wasn't prepared for that answer because I always assumed that everybody in America knew who Jesus was. I mean, even if they didn't accept him, they at least heard of him. Because we have churches on almost every corner in America. We celebrate the resurrection and the birth of Christ every year. So at this point, I started telling him everything I knew about Jesus. How much he loved me, how much he had done for me, and how much he loved him and was willing to be a part of his life and wanted to be a part of his life. He seemed pretty interested, and we spent a good bit of time talking about it. We got his shoes, and we headed back to the church where we were feeding him. I got him a warm meal and some food to go. I walked him outside where we said our goodbyes. I told me back next month, if he needed anything, I told him where he could find me. I never saw that young man again. I have no idea what kind of impact I had on him that day, or whether or not he got a chance to change his life. But I know what kind of impact it had on me. I'll tell you that story because I've come to realize I have no idea who's going to be listening to these podcasts. And I didn't want to go another minute further without telling you about who Jesus Christ is and what he's done. I wanted to call this podcast a short introduction to Jesus, but I decided to leave it who's Jesus because that's the question I hope you answer today if I can. So that's where I'll start.
Who's Jesus? Well, historically, and from a human perspective, he was the son of Mary and Joseph, carpenter's son, a man who never fought any wars, never ruled any countries or conquered any nations. By all accounts, he was a, a gentleman who spent his time teaching and preaching and serving others. But the fact that that we we judge our very years by his birth. We used to have B.C. before Christ and A.D. I know Domini, which means the year of our Lord. We now live in 2022, which is 2022 years since the birth of Christ. Now I know since then we've changed things. People are trying the hardest to take Jesus out of everything these days. And we now have B.C.E., before Common Era and ACE after Common Era. But if you research it, for those who didn't know, they mean the same thing. We have one of the world's largest religions based off of who he was and what he had had to say. Why? Why would a carpenter's son have changed the world so much? To answer that question, we need to go to the gospel messages we find in the New Testament of the Bible. Now, gospel message means good news. And two of these gospel messages were wrote by Matthew and John. Now, these two men knew Jesus personally. They spent every day of Jesus' three and a half year ministry as his disciples. They were eyewitnesses to everything he said, everything that he did, and all that had happened. And they wrote this stuff down so everybody may know. The other two gospel messages were wrote by Mark and Luke. Now, these two guys, they, uh, they were followers of Paul, the great evangelist. I think Luke sums it up best when he writes the beginning of his gospel letter. Many have undertaken to compose an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they had been handed down to us by the initial eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Therefore, having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed good also to me to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things that you have been taught. I want to point out something here. When Luke writes, he says, the servants of the word. I want you to remember that because when we look at the Gospel of John, we're going to get an explanation of who the word is. Now Luke's letter was wrote to a man named Theophilus, but it was shared with all of us, that we might also have an orderly account by someone who carefully investigated all that happened. Now, the gospel I'd like to take you is the gospel of John to better explain who Jesus was. And John, he starts his gospel message out like this. He writes in chapter 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God from the beginning. And through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that had been made. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of blood, 
nor desire or will of man, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, remember John knew Jesus personally, and he called him the Word. And remember earlier I said, remembering Luke, when I called him a service of the Word. I remember when I first heard this, as a young man, I asked, why would the Creator God give up his seat of power to become a man? To be tired and hungry, to feel fear and to struggle and feel pain, to have heartache, to offer love and be rejected. He was spit on and mocked, abused, tortured and beaten, scourged and rejected, and then crucified by being nailed hands and feet to a cross to die. Why would God choose this fate for himself? And not only to choose it, but to choose it to help the very people who would be rejecting, torturing, and killing him. But to answer that question, we would first need to know why it was necessary. Well, to do so, we would need a considerable amount of time to read the entire Old Testament. And we obviously don't have that much time. So, I'll do my best to shorten this up starting in Genesis, which Genesis means from the beginning. And in the beginning, God made man, and he made man in his image. And God planted a garden with every sort of tree bearing fruit. And at the center of the garden was the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Then the Lord God took the man and he placed him in the garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded him, You may eat freely from every tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For in that day that you eat of it, you will surely die. And the Lord God also said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a suitable helper. And from the mint, from the rib that the Lord had taken from the man, he made a woman. And he brought her to him. This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And she shall be called woman. For out of the man she was taken. And that's why a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. And a man and his wife were both naked, and they were not ashamed. Now the serpent who was Satan, and Satan, it simply means adversary in Hebrew. He was crafty, and he questioned Adam and Eve about the fruits of the garden to see if they would sin and break God's command. And Eve told the serpent that they would eat, that they could eat of any fruit of the trees except the tree of knowledge. Because if they did, they would surely die. But the serpent said, You will not surely die, but your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and pleasing to the eye, and that it was desirable to obtain wisdom, she took the fruit and she ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he also ate of it. And then their eyes were opened, and they knew that they were naked, so they hid themselves from God. And when God came calling, he asked them, Why are you hiding from me? And they said, We were afraid because we were naked. God asked them, Who told you you were naked? God wanted to know why they had eaten of the tree of knowledge. And Adam said, 
It was the woman that you gave me. She didn't eat of it and gave it to me and I ate. And God asked Eve, why have you done this thing? And she said, it was a serpent. He deceived me and I did eat of it. So God cursed the serpent for what he had done. So Adam and Eve were cast out of the garden because of their sin. For they were now cursed when the devil held the keys to their curse because of his deception. And God gave the serpent a prophecy that would come to defeat the serpent's deception and save the man and woman from the curse. And he said, And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between her seed and your seed. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Now notice he said, the woman's seed and not the man's seed. Because it was by man that sin came into this world. And our Savior would not be born of a man, but of a woman. Now this prophecy was repeated over 3,000 years later by the prophet Isaiah. And if you read Isaiah chapter 7 and 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will come and be with child and give birth to a son. And will call him Emmanuel. Now Emmanuel is translated from Hebrew as God among us. And just over 700 years later, this prophecy would be fulfilled in a small town of Bethlehem by a woman named Mary. God had sent an angel to the woman to tell her she would be with child. And if we read in Luke, the first chapter, the 34th verse, it says, How can this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And the angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And the name of your son, Jesus, or Yeshua in Hebrew, which translates, The Lord is our salvation. This same Jesus was sent to save us from our sin. But how would he accomplish this? To answer that question, we need to we would need to go through the entire story of the people of Israel. Who were the descendants of Abraham? It was Abraham that God had chose to make a promise to. That he would bless the whole world by his descendants. And that blessing would be Jesus. It was the people of Israel that God chose as his own. So they might be a witness to the whole world. Of the love and power of God. He gave them his laws and his statutes for them to follow. And to keep forever. And that he would be their God and bless them. They kept them. They did not do any better than Adam and Eve, but sinned against God and broke his commands. So God gave them a way to atone for their sin, and that was through the sprinkling of the blood, as it is said in Leviticus 17 and 11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you to make atonement for your souls upon this altar. For it is the blood that makes the atonement for the soul. This blood would be without sin itself, but pure and perfect. Blood tainted from sin is of no effect. That's why the sacrifices had to be without spot or blemish. Now sheep and goats cannot sin, so it was their body and life that would have to be without defect, to be used as the atonement for sin. But these sacrifices were not perfect, nor were they willing. But it would be a perfect sacrifice that Jesus would make of himself to atone 
once and for all for the sin of those who believed in him. He would do what man could not and live a perfect and selfless life, follow all God's commands, and then take the punishment meant for us onto himself. He would be crucified and was buried in a borrowed tomb where his body laid for three days, but his spirit would travel to hell and confront Satan. And defeating the curse, he would take back the keys of the death and the grave. And on the third day, he would rise again and be seen by all his apostles, as well as over 5,000 at once, to show that he had risen from the grave. And he made us a promise that when he left, he would return, and he would take us to be with him forever. So there's a question, if Jesus died for all men, so that all men could be saved, as it is written. In 1 Timothy 2, This is good and pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So Jesus came to, to die for all, so are all saved. Did his blood cover all sin, that everyone could be saved? The answer is no. Why is that? Because like Adam and Eve, we all chose to sin and break God's command. So we must also choose to repent and believe in Jesus to be saved. You can't be saved by someone you don't believe in. You make his claim worthless and you're calling God a liar. Now you will hear many people tell you a lot of different things and a lot of different ways on how it is that you receive salvation. But I don't put my trust and faith in men. But I seek God's word. And Jesus himself said this in Luke 6, starting in verse 39. Jesus also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they both not fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. How do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but you fail to notice that there's a beam in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, while you yourself fail to see the beam in your own eye, you hypocrite? First take the beam out of your eye, and then you will see clearly remove the speck from your brother's eye. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by his own fruit. Indeed, figs are not gathered from gold bushes, nor are grapes from brambles. The good man, he brings good things out of the good treasure of his heart. And the evil man will bring evil things out of the treasure of his heart. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth will speak. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? But you do not do what I say. I will show you what he is like who comes to me, and he hears my words and he acts on them. He is like a man building his house, who digs down deep and lays his foundation on the rock. So when the floods come and the torrents crashed against the house, they could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who comes to me and he hears my words and does not act on them, he is like a foolish man. He builds his house upon the ground without a foundation. And the torrents crashed against that house and immediately it fell. And great was his destruction. So if we're going to call Jesus Lord and let him be Savior of our life, 
And we're going to have to choose to follow him and do what he says. If you would like to dig further to the word and see what the Bible teaches us about what Jesus tells us about salvation, join me in the next podcast in this three podcast series. It will be called Seeking Salvation. Until then, God's blessings on you. Have a great day.